Have you ever imagined fashion being as diverse as human culture? Have you ever dreamed of a respectful, ethical, and socially just fashion industry? Have you ever envisioned sustainability being at the core of the entire fashion system? This is your host, Laura Beltran-Rubio. I'm a fashion curator, researcher, and educator. My mission is to translate scholarly insights into actionable strategies that we can all take to reshape how we create, wear, and think about fashion. So find a comfortable seat, brew some tea, and open your notebook as you join me in the quest for redressing fashion. Hello, welcome back to Redressing Fashion. Before I start publishing new episodes, I've created a collection of what I call loose thoughts that I've been writing and recording over the past couple years. These short episodes contain many of my reflections as both a fashion scholar and a fashion consultant in Colombia as I try to unpack the complex legacies of colonialism in present-day fashion. As you'll see, my reflections stem from both my research on historical fashion and the more practice-based side of my professional activities as a fashion consultant and university professor. These loose thoughts started as a bilingual newsletter that I launched in January 2022. In it, I explored Latin American fashion mostly as a way to organize some of my ideas as I finished writing my PhD dissertation. But I also share some of my insights as both a professor and a consultant of fashion design, fashion history, and fashion studies in my home country of Colombia. Over the past year or so, the original newsletter evolved into a sort of audio blog. My reflections also expanded to include global indigenous arts and fashion, and more generally, anything and everything that has to do with expanding the hegemonic narratives of fashion that dominate both the industry and most conversations about fashion history. Please give them a listen, visit my blog for full transcripts and some images that might be helpful, and let me know what you think. How do I even begin towards a more critical approach to thinking about Latin American fashion? How do we begin to think about fashion in Latin America when the word itself is so often detached from the region? How do we think about it when we're used to believing that fashion is superficial, vain, pretty, but never substantial? How do we do it in our own terms, when most narratives, ideas, and histories circle around the same names, at times extremely difficult for us to pronounce, of a few, most of them foreign, and quite distant from our local realities? These and other related questions have been following me for years. If I had to choose one single reason for starting this newsletter, I would say it is to find the answers to these questions. It's not a job that I can do on my own. I need other people to help me think through them. And it's not an easy job. I don't even know if I'll be able to answer them with any certainty. What I do know is that fashion cannot be taken from us. And by us, I mean Latin America as a region, but also every single person who forms part of it, whether we're interested in fashion or not, whether we live in Abyayala or not. A few years ago, one of the most established scholars of Latin American fashion invited me to co-edit a book on contemporary Latinx fashion. Needless to say how excited and honored I was, until I read among the first lines of the book proposal that fashion is a misnomer in Latin America. 
I still get the chills when I think about that moment. Even more so when I remember the negative and even condescendent answer that I received when I contested the idea. Why is Latin America banned from fashion? I just can't seem to be able to walk away from this question. And the more I think about it, the more obvious the answer becomes. Because we've been thinking about fashion mostly in its Euro-North American versions in cities like Paris or New York. We're used to understanding fashion as a modern phenomenon of constant change that emerges in Europe and then expands to the rest of the world. But fashion is much more than that. We could start with a definition used by Fashion Theory, perhaps the most important academic journal in fashion studies. Fashion is the cultural construction of the embodied identity. This definition allows for fashion to be a Western, European, modern, and rapidly changing phenomenon. But it also allows fashion to be that second skin, at times impossible to remove from our bodies that we find in dress. It includes all the adornments that help us create and communicate our identities. It recognizes the importance of culture as well as the social, political, economic, and even technological contexts in which fashion emerges. But most importantly, this definition is specific enough for us to define fashion as an object of analysis, while at the same time leaving enough space for the wealth of sartorial expressions in Abiyayala to enter the discourses of fashion. The problem, I believe, is that we've internalized the idea that fashion isn't something we deserve. We still think that our fashion calendar lags behind that of the global fashion capitals. And we're still convinced that to make it in fashion, we need to conquer the hegemonic spaces in which fashion appears. Fashion weeks in New York, Paris, London and Milan, huge international department stores like Le Bon Marché and Mode Operandi, publications like Vogue and Harper's Bazaar. But what if we change the narrative? What if, rather than quote-unquote conquering other worlds, we focus first on reframing our own fashion systems from within, and then move on to attracting others? This might sound counter-hegemonic and revolutionary, and that's precisely why it's so difficult to achieve. But it's also why it's such an encouraging and hopefully fruitful move. In Geopolitique de la Mode vers de nouveaux modèles, something like geopolitics of fashion towards new models, Sophie Kirkjan attributes the success of French fashion to the creation of a collective imaginary that is mobilized by a complex system in which creators, producers, and consumers of fashion have participated over the years, as well as educational institutions, museums, and even fashion weeks. Although some of these players seem to avoid having to think about fashion, others, mostly schools and museums, have begun to build more and more critical approaches, especially in the past decades. And they've attempted to build them in collaboration with the fashion industry, although these efforts are certainly still incipient. If that's the case in France, I wouldn't even know what word to use in Abiyayala, where we're only just realizing the importance of our own fashion system beyond the stereotypical and romanticized discourses about our ancestral knowledge that we repeat so often and uncritically about textiles in the region. The Latin American fashion industries have been reluctant to adopt critical ideas and methodologies in the creation of fashion. Fashion media are fragile and rarely move beyond simplistic and superficial narratives of fashion. And education is often more focused on massive copying than on more complex processes of research, analysis, critical thinking, and generating ideas. 
that's why we need to learn to constantly think and rethink Latin American and Latinx fashion. We needed to strengthen the fashion system of Abiyayala and all the subsystems, so to speak, that compose it. Here's a list of five steps that I think can help us advance in the process. First, to redefine fashion from our local ideas and histories and from a deep knowledge of the diversity of cultures that have existed in Abiyayala since before the European invasion. Second, find our own references and local aesthetics, but always working to avoid falling into practices of cultural appropriation or the unsubstantiated auto-exotization of our own cultures. Third, question absolutely all the fashion histories and narratives that are told from Euro-North American perspectives about what fashion is and should be, whether it's Latinx or not. Fourth, Explore and tell new histories of fashion from perspectives that are more and more critical and thought through. And fifth, hold complex conversations and debates through which we are able to construct and fabricate our own theories and ideas about what fashion can and should be. I'll be disintegrating each of these steps and ideas in the next issues of this newsletter. As always, thinking through how to reformulate what we already think we know about Latin American and Latinx fashion. Original podcast episodes will air starting on January 11th, 2024. So I hope I can entertain you with this collection of loose thoughts until then. And in case you want to subscribe to my email list to be notified when the first official episode goes live, I've left the link to join in the podcast notes for this episode. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. You know that I love a good conversation about fashion, so please don't hesitate to email me or message me on social media to continue discussing any of the ideas introduced in this episode. If you liked what you heard, please follow the podcast, leave a review, or share it with your favorite fashion friends. It does make a huge difference as we try collectively to build more spaces for thoughtful and nuanced conversations that can truly help us redress fashion. <laughs>